Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. message is called an unexpected journey and one of the things about taking journeys is that we try to plan it as well as we can when you do take a journey you pretty much have a destination in mind it's not like you just kind of head out and sometimes just hope that whatever you meet along the way is just going to be part of that wonderful experience sometimes because you head out on a journey there are unexpected things that can happen along the way Some of them can be quite dangerous. Some of them can be life-threatening. Some of them even just things that tell, give you an opportunity to tell an amazing story later on. In fact, if you never travel or you never do much or if you never take any risk or never take any chances, chances are you don't have a lot of stories to share. And that's part of why many of us love to go on adventures or take journeys of one kind or another. When you think about taking a journey, is there a particular place that you would love to visit? Many of us haven't been able to travel for quite some time now, and and we're anticipating that we're going to be able to take a trip. Where is that trip going to be? Some of us would love to go to a particular place. It's on our bucket list. It's one of those places you want to see before you kick the bucket. That's why it's called a bucket list. It's one of those places that you hope to be able to visit. Some of us have made it abundantly clear, um, even in conversations with me, that they have no care, no interest in visiting any place, anywhere. I've never really met someone like that until recently when they said they weren't interested in visiting anywhere. They weren't interested in travel. They weren't interested in another destination. They just weren't. Is that you? Someone that you know like that too? Well, one of the things about taking unexpected journeys is that sometimes they're forced upon you. It's not something that you're choosing, but it's something that someone else is demanding from you. And in the story that we're going to be looking at today in this Christmas story, that's exactly what happens to Mary and Joseph. Well, Mary and Joseph are two people that are forced to take a journey. And in Luke chapter 2, it says this in that chapter in verse that at the time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire and that all are to be returned to their own ancestral towns, and that they were supposed to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, and this was David's ancient home. And so he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. 
and she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging that was available for them. Now, this story tells us that they were forced to leave their home. And as we know, even today, I mean, when you're nine months pregnant, it's not advisable to travel, right? And a journey like they would be on would take days. Um, some say that depending on if they would even be able to travel up to 10 miles a day, that it would take several days to be able to go there, to reach Bethlehem from a place like Nazareth. And not only that, but the journey was incredibly dangerous. It was absolutely perilous. It was so dangerous that not only was it known for its, for its bandits and its raiders on the road, but the, 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 just the environment itself was, was brutal. At that time of year in which they would have traveled, it would have been incredibly cold. It would have been incredibly wet. They would have to have done this on horseback or on the back of a donkey, or, and they would have to have done this over treacherous landscape and difficult at best for anyone who was healthy, let alone someone who was pregnant. And so they would have to stop often. And when they did, there'd be a section on the way to Bethlehem that would have these woods. And these woods, this forest, would be known for its wild beasts, would known for its, for its bears, and even for its wild cats that would be able to just take them out, wild boars that would kill people along the way. And so when we envision Joseph and Mary taking this journey, we need to understand that one, they didn't want to take it. They're forced to do it because the emperor has demanded it with regards to the census. And that two, it was obviously a dangerous journey. And three, it couldn't have come at a worse time. Now, I want you to think about those conditions and just think about how often that happens to us in our daily lives. We're forced to move from where we are to somewhere that we don't want to go. But we have to do it because someone has ordered us to, commanded us to, it's required of us. You know, there's something that we have to go to, something that we're forced to be at, something that we have to answer to. And we don't want to do it, but we have no choice. And it's not coming at a good time. It's not coming at a good place in our lives. It's not coming in a good season. It's coming at the worst possible moment. And yet we have to do it anyways. Now, think about how Mary had received this honor and this gift of the Holy Spirit coming upon her, which told her that she was favored and special. And then instead of the Spirit somehow just residing on anyone and everyone, and we knew that that wasn't the case in those days, it was only residing on special chosen people, people that had the names of Abraham and Moses. And I just made up a name of the Bible. That was good. <laughs> Moses, and, and, and I was thinking Isaac, and, and, and I was thinking of Jacob, and I was thinking of all of these people that the Holy Spirit would come upon them and bless them and help them do extraordinary things. And then there's Mary saying, how can this be me? I'm not special. Why would I receive the same spirit that came upon these people? Why would this spirit be upon me? And so now we're expecting 
incredible things to happen to Mary. She's going to carry the Savior of the Lord, the Savior of the world, the Lord himself, the King of kings. And yet, everything is getting worse. Things are not getting better, they're getting harder. The journey isn't getting easier, it's becoming more dangerous. So not only do they have to leave, but now they have to leave at the worst possible moment, and it's the worst possible journey to have to take at the worst time of the year. And everyone else is taking this journey at the same time. And as we see in the story that is being told, when they finally get to an area called the inn, they, there's no room for them. And the Bible tells us that the stable would have been attached to the inn, and so the innkeeper, seeing her condition, says, you can stay in the stable. And in the stable, there would have been maybe some camels and maybe some donkeys and things like that, and, and who knows what else. And that's the place where she would have to give birth. And you think about those conditions, and you think about those circumstances, and you begin to realize that this is not how either one of them had planned their lives. It's just not the way Joseph had envisioned his future. It's not the way that he had envisioned his bride to be, to be pregnant. It's not how he figured their life would begin. It's not the order in which things were supposed to happen. And it certainly wasn't the journey that they thought they would have to take. Now think about all the things that can sometimes go wrong in our own lives and, and how all those things sometimes speak to us as indicators of how God isn't with us of how God isn't favoring us, of how he's not blessing us, how he's not looking out for us. We would look at those conditions, and we would look at those circumstances, and we would look at all of that, and we would say, how could God be in this? But yet there are so many stories, just like Mary and Joseph in the Bible, that remind us that, that things not going according to our plans doesn't mean it is the absence of God's plan. And so when I make my plans, I, I expect a certain outcome. There's an expectation of how this journey is supposed to go and, and how this journey is supposed to end and, and, and the blessing that is supposed to come as a result of this journey. But, but sometimes it just doesn't work out that way, does it? And in the story that we're in, right from the start, it's been a struggle, it's been a challenge, it's been life-threatening, it's been difficult. It's been unexpected, and it's not what they had imagined for themselves. And when you're supposed to be carrying the Savior of the world, well, this is not the way things are supposed to be. And so when you carry around the presence of the Holy Spirit in your own life, I'm sure that you have an expectation of what your life is supposed to be like. The Holy Spirit that only went on special people, well, God made it possible through Jesus that that spirit would be available to us all. So the moment that you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that spirit rests not just in you, but it rests around you. Just like with Mary, it was a shadow that covered her. It was always with her. It was a light that was always shining. It wasn't just in her, bringing about the Savior of the world, but it was also around her, making sure nothing would happen to the Savior of the world and that nothing would happen to the woman who was going to bear it and bring it into this world.
And so think about how God is not only in you, but around you, but also how he is with you, even on the most difficult of journeys. When I was growing up, there'd be a lot of Christmas movies, and I don't know about you, but my, love, my wife loves to watch Christmas movies around this time. And the challenge is always to find a decent one. There's a lot of them, but there aren't a lot of good ones, am I right? So we sometimes tend to revert back to some of the classics. Well, there's one that nobody ever wants to watch with me, and that's uh, A Griswold Family Christmas. I don't know why I like that one, but it reminds me of my own childhood. And uh, watching that movie just makes me laugh. It's, it's just ridiculous, and it's just fun. And I'm not saying it's the best Christmas movie ever made, maybe, but <laughs> it is funny enough that it, it at least will give you a couple of laughs. And so there's one scene that came to mind as I was preparing this message of an unexpected journey. And I wanted to share it with you because I don't think it's right that you go through your whole life without ever seeing this movie. <laughs> or at least part of it. So I'm gonna fix that right now, and we're gonna watch a clip from Griswold's Family Christmas. Okay, can we do that? Dad, didn't they invent Christmas tree lots so people wouldn't have to drive all the way out to nowhere and waste a whole Saturday? They invented them, Russ, because people forgot how to have a fun, old-fashioned family Christmas and are satisfied with scrawny, dead, overpriced trees that have no special meaning. My toes are numb. You see, kids, this is what our forefathers did. I can't feel my leg. They walked out into the woods, they picked out that special tree, and they cut it down with their bare hands. Mom, I can't feel my hips. Clark. Yes, honey? Audrey's frozen from the waist down. Oh, that's all part of the experience, honey. There it is. Griswold family Christmas tree. Isn't it a little big? It's not big, it's just full. Dad, that thing wouldn't fit in our yard. Not going in our yard, Russ. It's going in our living room. <sighs> Look at it. It really is beautiful, Clark. Something else, huh, Russ? Yeah, Dad. Isn't it beautiful, Audrey? She'll see it later, honey. Her eyes are frozen. Most enduring traditions of the season are best enjoyed in the warm embrace of kith and kin. <laughs> the three are the symbol of the spirit of the Griswold family Christmas. Dad, did you bring a saw? No, he didn't bring a saw. And that's just one of the ridiculous things that happens on their Christmas journeys, always unprepared, um, and along the way making so many mistakes. And I love the fact that in the story of Mary and Joseph, that even though they aren't prepared, they really aren't. They're not prepared to leave. They're not prepared for Mary to be this late in her pregnancy. They're not expecting to have to travel at this time, but they have to do all these things. And they know that it's going to be packed in Bethlehem and there won't be a place for them to stay. And they don't know where they're going to be able to deliver this baby. And, and Joseph knows that he doesn't have the ability to be able to do that. 
And so everything that is up against them doesn't seem to change what still needs to happen. And the fact that they didn't want to go to Bethlehem and they were forced to go to Bethlehem fulfills a prophecy in which Jesus had to be born in Bethlehem. And Jesus having to be born in Bethlehem is what forces Mary and Joseph to have to leave Nazareth. And if it was up to them, they never would have left. They would have stayed where family was close and where the delivery of this baby would have occurred. In an environment that would make sense with a midwife that would have been there to help and with people who had given birth before surrounding them and being able to do so most likely in their own home. And instead, none of that happened. And I want you to imagine that when life doesn't go as planned, as it wasn't going as planned for Mary and Joseph, it doesn't mean that God's plan is still not unfolding. That God is still not doing everything possible to make sure that the unexpected journey fulfills his blessing in your life. Now, when you are waiting and when you are the one who's traveling and you're the one who's displaced and you're the one who's in danger, when you're the one who doesn't have the resources and you're the one who doesn't have what is needed and required for a successful end to your journey, in those moments, it can be the hardest and the most difficult for us to turn to God and ask, Lord, are you still with me? Chances are, in those moments, we already believe that he isn't. And so we're kind of not in a place where we're asking as much as a place where we are probably grumbling and complaining probably a place where we're quite upset with God, quite angry with him because of everything that isn't going to plan. I remember one time working late for my dad. He had asked me to stay late in our family grocery store that we had in Ahuntsic and we sold Italian groceries to everyone who wasn't Italian. That was just one of those things. And we had all these Italian products and, and, and we were in this neighborhood that, you know, didn't really need it, but we were there and we were doing this and sometimes I'd stay, have to stay late at night, like nine o'clock, sometimes 10. And my friends had gone up north and I was, you know, just recently gotten my driver's license. I was 16 going on 17 and, and my dad said, you know, you need to stay late. I said, I'd like to leave early. He says, I'd like you to stay late. So then I stayed late. And then he said, you know, but if you want to go up and see your friends, you can do it, you know, after the store is closed. And so I said, okay. And, and, I, and he says, I'll let you use my car. I said, fantastic. So he gave me the keys to his car. And, um, and, I, and I was excited to just go up and meet my friends. And it started to really begin to snow, like, and snow hard. And within, within minutes, I couldn't see anything as I was driving up north, but I, I just wanted to get to my friends. And I wanted to get there as quickly as I could. And the more it snowed, the slipperier it got. And, 
And, and at one point, I lost control of the vehicle. And I was on, you know, Highway 15, heading up north, and, and I just ended up in the ditch. Like just, I spun out and just slid right into a ditch. I put my flashers on and I just got my hand in my head and I'm like, how am I gonna get up to see my friends now? And within a few minutes, a tow truck was right there. And he pulls over and he says, you need any help? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you know, it's, it's gonna be 75 bucks, I'm gonna pull you out. And I'm like, okay, sure, no problem, you know? So he hooks me up and, and I'm in the car and steering the, the car out of the ditch and he's pulling me and pulling me. And I kid you not, for at least a kilometer or two until I finally get the car out, I'm on the road, and then he unhooks me and he goes, you should slow down, I was watching you back there, you were driving too fast. And I said, yeah, sure, no problem. And I didn't really pay attention to him and I just wanted to get back up north. And well, it wasn't long before I ended up in the ditch a second time. Second time. And there's a tow truck guy, puts on his lights, he comes by, he goes, you want me to help you again? <laughs> and I'm like so embarrassed. And I'm like, yes, but I don't have the same amount of money on me. And he's like, well, I'm already here, I'll do it for 45. And so he hooks me up a second time and he pulls me out of the ditch. And the same thing, like he has to pull me for at least two kilometers to finally get out. And now I finally put it in my head, okay, drive slowly, idiot. Like just, just slow down. You're gonna get there, but you're just gonna take longer. I eventually did get to the cabin and my friends were already there. And, and it turned out that they hadn't gotten there that much sooner than me anyways. I was rushing for no reason. And both times that I went into the ditch, it was because I couldn't get to my destination fast enough. And in my mind, I felt like the faster I would go, the quicker I'd get there. But I didn't realize the danger that I was putting myself in and damage I could have done to my dad's car. And then of course, the loss of finances along the way just to get there, that when I finally got up to the cabin, I couldn't even contribute financially to the weekend because I had used all my money for the stupid tow truck. And so my friends were just laughing at me all weekend because they, and it was a great story and they still tell it to this day, just like I'm sharing it with you. But the point of the story is that sometimes we can't get to where we're headed fast enough that we not only wipe out, but we sometimes, unfortunately, take other people with us too. And I want us to consider what it looks like for us to be on a journey that hey, you know, God wants us to be on, but if we just are a little bit more careful, drive a little bit more slowly and deliberately, pay attention to the environment that we're in and just realize that, yeah, it could be a four-day journey, but maybe this time it's gonna take 10 days to get there. Uh, maybe it's not gonna take 10 days, maybe it's gonna take two weeks, maybe it's gonna take 14 or more, but you know what? The important thing is that we get to Bethlehem. And when we get to Bethlehem, everything that needs to happen is gonna happen the way God planned it all along. And he's aware of all the delays in between and the dangers, and he's aware of the detours. And so when we think that God isn't aware of the dangers, and when we think that he's not aware of the detours, and when we think that he's not aware of all the delays that we are encountering, we're wrong. We're wrong, we're 100% wrong. 
We think that our timetable somehow is affecting God's. Let me tell you something. God has already planned for our poor planning. He's already planned for our mistakes. He's already gotten us here to this point because he knows what the rest of the journey looks like and he's ready to take us there as well. Are you guys ready to go there? To where God has planned? To where he has destined? To where he knows that everything that you've gone through is nothing in comparison to what he has planned for you next? Well, you know, the unexpected journey for Joseph and Mary doesn't stop there. They, they could only stay in Bethlehem so long before they have to leave and go to Egypt. You'd think they'd be able to go back home to Nazareth. They can't. The angel warns them that Herod now wants to kill them and, and that they have to flee. They have to leave. And so the unexpected journey of which they thought would only take them to Bethlehem, now all of a sudden is taking them all the way to Egypt. And so instead of things getting easier, it's getting harder. Instead of them getting simpler, it's more complicated. Instead of things gotten, getting better, they've gotten a little bit harder. But all along, God is with them. All along, even in this unexpected journey, God is making sure that nothing happens to them. And the warnings that are coming to them are coming in time. And, and the provision that is needed is coming exactly when they need it. And the protection when they required it was there. And the peace that they need to continue on their journey is always being brought to them just when they need it most. And I want you to understand that's exactly what God is going to do for you. And when we look at stories like this in the Bible, they're supposed to be reminders to us and they're supposed to be posts to us and they're supposed to be altars to us. They're supposed to be markers to us that when we look at them, we are reminded of what it is that we are going through and how God has been with others before us and how he can be with us too. That this isn't something that is just reserved for Joseph and for Mary, but it's something that is given to us as well. This isn't just something that he's going to do for them and not for us, but it's an example to us so that when we pray, when we reach out to God, we can say, Father in heaven, just like you were with Joseph and Mary, would you be with me? In this unexpected journey that I am on, in these dangers, with these delays, and with all of these detours, would you protect us just like you protected them? And when we don't know where we're headed next, well, the beautiful thing is that God knows exactly where we are headed. It's been planned long ago, and when we put our faith in God, God reveals it. God is with us, not just today, but always. He isn't just with me, he's with you. He wasn't just with Joseph and Mary. He's in you, always, wherever you go. And all you've got to do is call out to him and he will help you on your journey, no matter how unexpected it is. God bless you. Father, I want to thank you for every person that is here, those that are watching. I pray that you would continue to be that blessing for each of us, God, that protection, that provision, and that peace. I want to thank you, Lord, that you have been faithful and that you have been consistent in our lives, even when we have not been. 
that even through all of the dangers and detours and delays, Lord, that you have been faithful to bring us to this point, that you are not through with us, you're not finished with us, that what you have in store for us is to bring that which you have started to a place of completion. Lord, bring us to that place and fill us with your presence. May it overflow with abundance and may you bless not just us, but those around us through that blessing that you have entrusted to us. Lord, you know what we are struggling with, what we are angry about, what we are hurt by, what we are, you know, Lord, disappointed by. Lord, I pray, God, that you would just lift those emotions from us, that you would just change and transform them with your joy instead. Help us, God, to be realistic, but also to be people of faith, to put our trust in what we see, but also, Lord, to believe in what is yet to be seen. And I thank you, God, that you have given us your word to guide us and your spirit in us, to lead us. And I know, Lord, that you are going to bring about the transformation that all of us need and require. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.